0: Welcome back to the Recovering You podcast. This is a show where we take what was lost through the means of addiction and all the damage that's done when you're falling apart and you lose your self-control. And we are here to help you piece it back together and try and rediscover a past you that was in control and improve upon it to make a better you than has ever been there before. We are so blessed and so happy to have you guys here uh, I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm joined once again by my co-host and great friend and brother-in-law, Chris.
1: Hey, excited to be here with
0: everybody. Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. You know, it, it's funny. I, I edited that podcast uh, last week about D-Day and just, just listening to it again, there, there was something really powerful about that. And I know it might sound a little weird because a lot of it was really painful memories. It it was, uh, it was actually really dark days in my life that we were discussing there, but there was also a really strong spirit about talking about the liberation that comes from finally breaking free of those chains that bond you from keeping your addiction, a secret and isolating yourself from the help that is available out there.
1: Yeah. not to get super spiritual, but there's a scripture that jumped to mind when you were talking just now. And it's, I think it's in James, but I could be wrong. Someone can email us and correct me, but it's the one that says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's so much power in that concept of complete and full disclosure by telling, by telling the truth and being truthful, you, you set yourself free from that, past that's held you back from recovering yourself and moving on to even better things that are out there for you in life.
0: Not that, that email. Um, like you said, you, you can email us. That email is recover you too at gmail.com. If anyone wants to reach out to us, it's recover you the number two at gmail.com. We would yeah, love to hear from it. you guys.
1: Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story that you want to tell, or if you want to do some two-on-one, uh, talking, uh, work through some of these ideas, and you're open to sharing your story, Uh, we'd love to have you on. So feel free to send us an email.
0: Absolutely. So bridging the gap, once again, because I think that's going to kind of be what we do uh, at the start of each of these podcasts. Today's discussion lines up really well and actually came up in our last discussion about D-Day. That discussion on D-Day was a really terrifying topic. It is probably the scariest thing that a person will do when they get into recovery is finally coming out in the open and saying, "Hey, look, I have a problem. This is what I've done," and then they start bracing themselves for the consequences. I had a, actually a really cool experience today. I decided to go for a run, you know, trying to uh, trying to take control of my life, you know, lose lose a little bit of poundage here. And uh, it's, it's finally cool enough chubby. to start running,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I, I like to do these guided runs on the um, on, on my running app. I'm not going to say the name because I I, I can't pay royalties. <laughs> um, but but it's a guided run, and it was it was called Fearless, not Fearless, but Fearless. And while I was sitting there listening to it, I I was just overwhelmed with how applicable it was to addiction recovery. And he started out by by talking about what what is fear. Why do we experience it and how do we respond to it? And so I, I, you know, I'm going to bust out the dictionary here and and get all, uh, get it, get, get all wise here. So fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or a threat. It's a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion and involves a universal biochemical response, as well as a high individual emotional response. It alerts us to the presence of danger or the threat of harm. So thinking of and, that, and my
1: name's and my name's not Miriam or Webster, so you know, <laughs> take it for what it's worth. I, I would just tweak that a little bit uh, from okay. my personal experience, what I found, and and it is it is that that awareness of of danger, I believe, coupled with a belief that we're inadequate to to face that danger, or we are there's something insufficient in us that would make it so that we would get hurt if we came into contact with whatever that dangerous thing or scenario or situation is. So it's not just that something is dangerous, but there's, from my experience, there's, there's something rooted in there that says, I, I doubt that if I come in contact with that, that I'll come out that I'll come out ahead.
0: Yes. Yes, yeah, I'm so glad that that word doubt right there is exactly where I wanted to go with this. Especially when it comes to fear as pertaining to addiction. It is that we doubt not only in ourselves, but we doubt in if, if you believe in a deity, if you believe in God, if you know whatever your religion may be, if you doubt that that individual is capable of continuing to love you, if you doubt the continued love of close family members, that is where that fear is really rooted in, in terms of addiction recovery. It is a doubt in yourself
1: and others' capabilities to continue loving you. I, I think that's so powerful. And I, would, and I would add on to that, my experience from talking with folks who are going through addiction is that coupled with that, there's a fear or a doubt of how am I going to manage my life without this addiction? Yeah, As much as, as, as awful as it makes my life, there's something familiar and comfortable where if I feel out of control, I can go to my addiction and I know exactly what it's going to do for me. Yeah. So, so there's that underlying current of, okay, if I, if I really take this leap, like we talked about jumping out of the plane, I I'm not sure how I'm going to navigate my life without having this be my, my go-to coping mechanism.
0: Yeah. You're really giving up that control to an outside resource that tells you that everything is going to be
1: okay. And you're like, is it though? I <laughs> yeah, mean, really. and it, it? it's an unsettling—it's an unsettling feeling for sure, absolutely. Especially when you're at the phase where,
0: if you've just gone through a D-day, there, there's nothing comforting in your life right now. You are surrounded by consequences of your actions, and so that you, you touched on on doubt. And so, what what would you what would you say the opposite of doubt? is it and we'll keep it to your yourself doubt in yourself the opposite of that would be for me it's it's confidence exactly self-confidence so now now this is where it gets really cool i'm going to read you the definitions definition of self-confidence which says a feeling of trust in one's abilities qualities and judgment and if that isn't like the coolest definition i i love the way it turns it to self-confidence isn't just isn't just like hey you know like i like myself i like the way i look in these clothes like i'm looking pretty dapper and snappy today (laughs) self-confidence is i trust myself to make the right decision i trust my ability to overcome an addiction and so self-confidence is something that will take time but it is it is earned and it is a badge of honor that should be worn once you gain that self-confidence because then once you enter that battlefield of temptation later on, you have that self-confidence to say, I know what to do in this situation, and I do not need to be afraid of messing up.
1: That is so powerful, and, and I'd love to hear your reaction, but my, my analysis, my sense of it is that one of the major roadblocks uh, for people who want to make that full disclosure is that doubt that they'll be able to step away from their addiction for good. And so they say, I don't want to fully disclose this until I know that I'm ready to move on. But like we talked about just a few minutes ago, you, you have to take that leap first. And that's what sets you free. And that's what starts to open the door to self-confidence, is to actually take that leap, do the full disclosure, face that fear, and find out you're actually more powerful and more capable then you've been led to believe you've, you've been blinded by that addiction for so long to how how powerful and how capable you can actually be. Going back to the
0: skydiving analogy, as soon as you leave that plane, there's that first knee jerk reaction of, oh, crap, what have I just done? You know, and and like, because you've completely submitted uh, yourself to the element of gravity, you know, yeah. it's like, but but then as your brain takes time to process, you remember, okay, wait, I've either gone through lessons or I have an, an instructor strapped to my back. There's a parachute. If that parachute fails, there's another parachute. And at the end of the day, the ground is guaranteed to catch me. So
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm thinking back to when I went skydiving and that's that's what it was. You went through ground instruction first. Um, you are, You have someone super experienced strapped to your back. You have an altimeter that tells you exactly when you need to pull that. You so it's like stepping there. into a
0: therapist's office.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. he's
0: taking you through it. Okay, continue.
1: And he even will go so far. So my my guy said, I'm gonna let you pull the ripcord, but if you can't find it, I'm gonna pull it. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I was kind of fumbling around for that for the for the ripcord i think if i'm remembering right they had a a golf ball screwed onto the ripcord so it was easier to find and so i i found that he kind of reassured me he he touched my hand he's like yes this is where you're supposed to pull and i pulled and it was amazing um and so i mean we can and, and we can get into that in different podcasts for the point of this podcast is when you face up to that danger you're going to have these tools. If, if you'll keep listening to us and if you'll go back and listen to, the, to what we've talked about already, about being intentional, about finding a good therapist, about looking for someone in your close circle who's helped you with problems in the past, you're, you'll start to realize these pieces are in place for you to be successful in confronting your addiction and finding your way out of it.
0: Absolutely. I want to get into, so we, we've talked a little bit about fear. So now I, I want to talk about the evolution of what, the, what will happen with this fear. Now that you've jumped out of that plane, now that you've taken that big leap of faith, now your brain is going to start panicking in a way of, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Where do I go from here? Who do <laughs> I talk to? I, I'm completely lost. I've never done this before. And, and you are in a world unknown to yourself. And, and that's when you're going to start experiencing these other emotions. You're going to go through things like anger. You're going to be mad maybe that you even open up about this because you're like, gosh, dang it. Now, now I'm miserable and suffering and I'm just being punished. So anger is going to be there. There's going to be a lot of doubt, which we talked about. Um, but my, my personal favorite, and each of these emotions is there to teach you something. It isn't there to just be angry. It's there to say, okay, my anger is there to actually, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. If someone if if a dog comes up aggressively to your kid, you get angry, right? And you do that because, not not because you want to hurt the dog, you do that because it is a defense mechanism of your family. So each each of these emotions that you're gonna go through is teaching you something. There are books on this. There's tons of lectures on it. So I I highly encourage you if you're struggling with understanding why you're feeling sad all the time, why you're feeling angry all the time, you know go take the steps to crack a book or look something up online and just look into this stuff. But as yeah, I was saying, Oh, and, sorry. Cause there,
1: there's a whole psychology and there's a whole yes. physiology behind addiction and, and behind fear. Um, a lot of it is rooted, you know, in, in different beliefs and also past experiences, but whatever it is, Um, whatever the combination is for you individually, your brain has entrenched these different pathways and connections. And so to your point, it's going to, it's going to take some research to say, okay, how do I, how do I rewire this circuit board here?
0: Yeah. And uh, my, my wife actually told me all the time, she's like, I was angry all the time. And it took my therapist sitting me down and saying, do you know why you're angry? And her, Essentially saying, I I actually don't understand why I'm so angry all the time. I know I still love him and I want the best for him. I'm just mad at him. And that's when she taught her about that that was a protection that her her own mind was giving her in order to establish those boundaries so that she would feel safe enough to be around me or to be vulnerable around other people, you know, or to not be vulnerable because she wasn't ready for it.
1: Yeah, and I think, and I'd love to hear more on that from you, because I think, I think fear manifests itself in so many different ways. Fear of getting hurt again, fear of being betrayed again, fear of falling back into our addiction again, fear of disappointing people that we've disclosed everything to, and it manifests itself as a condescending attitude, as being aloof, as being angry. I mean, it can run the whole gamut right depending yeah. on your personal situation i'd love to hear your thoughts on on what that has looked like and and what people can do about it
0: so so for me for me personally and i know we've i i was totally headed in one direction we took a sharp left turn i will get yeah. back to that
1: yeah feel free to loop us back sorry i'm not trying yeah to no no this no, no.
0: This, this is great this, this is why we're here man we're just <laughs> discussing this
1: is fantastic
0: so for me that, that fear, my fear initially set in, and I think I said this in the last episode, I was, at first, I was afraid to lose my wife and kids. And then I was afraid of what my housing situation was going to be like. And one thing I didn't say last time, I stayed with at my buddy's apartment for a little while until he rented out the room. He's like, I have someone that's willing to pay. The only other option I could find was a shed in someone's backyard in the middle of winter
1: That's and right, i forgot about that
0: <laughs> so so there was a couch and yes it was carpeted but uh so i slept but it's, on, it's still a shed it, it was still a shed it was not insulated so basically we just had a, a heater running all night and anyway i and
1: this this is where it I, snows right this
0: was yep, cold. yeah in it? utah i yeah. i digress though um so there was that fear of where am I going to live? You know, then things started to go bad at work. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I was basically told, look, we're not okay with how you're performing. You can either quit or we're going to fire you. And so now I had a fear of how I was going to, how was I going to provide for my family? Because I, I chose to quit that job. And it manifested itself in so many different ways. Um, I was was terrified of everything. I was in a constant state of fear of a hundred different things going on. And the only way that I was able to start surpassing that was to focus on the good things I was doing. It was to find self-confidence in the minuscule things that I could manage to find in that moment. So it was, all right, there's all these other problems going on in my life. However, I have been staying sober from my addiction and I have been reading scriptures I have been reaching out to people I've been attending groups there there was this self confidence in holy cow I can actually do this disregard the fact that I've lost my job I've I've lost my family temporarily I sleep I don't have a great sleeping situation the fact is I could find confidence and pride in I was accomplishing something I had not done in over 15 years.
1: Wow, that that's so powerful because so often when we when we face up to something like an addiction, it creates a vacuum, right? And and vacuums want to be filled. And so I think you've highlighted something super powerful is is acting, filling your life with good things. And I don't know much that it really matters what they are, you know. But act and and. I, wow, I just, I, that's so amazing.
0: It was, it was quite, the, quite the ride for a while there. But I remember having a conversation with, with my father in law. And, you know, he, he asked me what I was feeling. And I said, I'm so desperate to get my family back. And, and he stopped me. He said, Say that word again. And I said, Desperate. And he said, Exactly. You need to stay desperate that has been a word that has latched on to my heart and mind in a way of when you are in a state of desperation you will do anything to succeed i mean a person who's desperate to stay alive or to save someone's life can do superhuman things right when you are desperate for something you you kick in a gear that you didn't know existed in yourself and at this time because my wife was brave enough to ask me to leave the house, I became desperate enough to do whatever it took to save myself so that I could then turn around and try and save my family.
1: Yeah, and so I had two questions. So one, do you still feel desperate or has that evolved into something else? And then two, what do you feel is important for them to know about fear and and everything that comes along with that as it relates to addiction and recovery?
0: Yeah. So as far as that, that desperation, I mean, my family life is, is really good. And, uh, you know, I don't say that in any sort of pride. It is something that I am so blessed, but that, that desperation has, as you said, it it has really evolved. And I would say it has evolved from this frantic clinging on to a, a sense of control, a a sense of, of confidence and control is what I would say.
1: Love it. Love it. And then your second question was. Yeah. So not everybody's there. People are still, uh, if you're in the early stages, you're still, whether you're the one trying to come back from rock bottom, you're thinking about, or have just gone through your D-Day, your full disclosure day, or you are the loved one. You're the spouse, you're the parent, you're the significant other who's now dealing with the fallout and, and, a lot of this fear is coming to the surface. So what else should people know? Or what other thoughts have you had as we've prepared for this about fear and, and what comes after fear?
0: I would say recognize the fact that fear shows you that you still care. Mm -hmm. If you were not afraid of losing your family, obviously you don't care. You're, I mean, you've already cut that tie emotionally. Um, You've become numb or, or so far gone that it it doesn't affect you. So recognize the fact that if you're desperate, if you're afraid, if you're angry, if you're uncertain, if you have that anxiety, if you're not sleeping, that is actually a really good sign. It is telling you that you have it inside you to fight. There's something inside you that still wants what's right. And that you should not give up. So don't let fear be considered a negative thing for you. It's actually a weapon in your belt to be used to help you move through the battlefield.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And I think I touched on this briefly last time. It's think about how that can help you run to something instead instead of away from something.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: But at the beginning, it's going to help you get away from that addiction. So embrace it. Lean into it. Don't try and fight it look at it in the, you know, stare it in the face, unpack it, understand it, and, and realize that at least for now, it's a part of, of recovering from your addiction. So
0: last thing uh, I, I kind of want to touch on on this is, we, we mentioned last time a little bit about accepting and respecting the, those boundaries. As you're going through these processes of fear and anger, for me, there was even a, a period of just bliss, I, I hit a spiritual and an emotional high.
1: Once I turned my
0: life around, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't all negative. It was holy cow. I've never lived my life to this level of uh, righteousness and obedience to what was expected of me. I had never done that. I, I had never gone months without any problems without even the thought of committing any sort of transgression against my family or against myself or against my religion. I'd never done that. So in doing so, I actually had a lot of amazing experiences too. And I felt a lot of closeness to my inner self and to, to my heavenly father.
1: And I love that. And, and I hope people are listening to that because that's, that's going to come for you too, as you work to recover who you want to become you're gonna have these moments, these divine blissful flashes. They, you know, some will be longer than others. They're not gonna be perpetual and you know moments in, of
0: hope. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, moments of hope. They're going to come for you. Yeah. So that almost sounds ominous. They're coming for you. <laughs> but but hold on to that because you are loved. You matter just the way you are, even with all of your flaws and all of your fears, you are loved. And so if you will have your eyes open and your heart open to those moments, you'll notice that they will come as you're working on your recovery.
0: And, and remember this, it is your recovery. And that's, that's, that's where I was gonna go with that before too, is don't, as much as you might be afraid of what your spouse is feeling about you, as much as you might be afraid of what you're standing in, the, in your church is going to be or what consequences there are, at the end of the day, this process needs to be your own don't use those people close to you as crutches to try and carry you through your recovery that anger and that fear and that anxiety and everything you were feeling should be an indicator of what you need to do for yourself it's like okay so this this is a commonly used analogy when you're on an airplane and you hit heavy turbulence and the maps fall down what's the what's the thing they tell you to do first
1: Put on your own mask. Put on your
0: own mask.
1: Help somebody else if if they need help. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So the first thing you need to do when you step into recovery, put on your own mask. You need to take care of you. Make sure that you are in a safe enough place to then be able to reach out to other people and help them. But your recovery is, is yours. You are the only one that can make the change. Nobody can drag you through a a period of sobriety you can white knuckle for a while but that control and that change of lifestyle has to come from you yourself
1: yeah and and I don't uh, I hope it's okay if, if I share this and if not you can edit it out later okay. but uh, I remember when we were texting back and forth um, in the in the early days um, when you were gearing up to full disclosure and i want to say to our listeners what i said to you i i hope that all of you experience a cameron story where you you face your fear you go through the hard time and you find this space of intentional living with everyone who was important to you before your addictions came to the surface if even though if that doesn't happen for you you have to be you have to put all of those fears all of, all of that anxiety, you have to be willing to sacrifice that to recover yourself. Because even if you lose everything else, you'll have yourself. And that's a foundation that you can rebuild a happy, meaningful life on. And, and it's your recovery. Everybody else involved in your recovery is going to make their decisions. And I sincerely hope that you get your happy ending with the way that you want it to be or the way you see that looking. And if not, know that you will get another happy ending if you successfully recover yourself.
0: I remember sitting in a recovery meeting when I was living in Las Vegas. Uh, that's where we ended up after I lost my job in Utah. And I, I remember one of the there was a brand new member in the class, and you know he's talking about how his wife was talking about divorce, and he was really afraid. And I I shared what I thought was a heartfelt sermon of powerful truth. And I basically said, if you change things around, if you get on this path of recovery, I promise you things will work out in your marriage. And the, the mentor of the group stopped me. He said, you can't say that. You don't yeah. know that. And so this guy that had complete control over his life was doing fantastic, was running groups, had a great job, was trying his best to be a good husband and father. A few weeks later was divorced. And was in his own pit of despair. Now, as Chris just said, the, uh, the end result of this guy's story is, yes, he's divorced. However, he still gets to see his son. He's happy. In fact, he's never been happier. He's still living a life of recovery because that happiness, though it may not have been what he thought he wanted, has still ended up being what he needed to be happy.
1: Yeah that that's so that is so powerful that concept of of what we need. We don't always get what we want, but if we're if we're being uh, honest and intentional and not giving into the fear and and instead embracing a proactive faith-filled mentality, we will get what we need. If you're listening to this, I and I've been through situations like this in the past where you where you hear these these not so great things that might happen to you, that fear tends to rise up and, and the urge is to shut off and to say and to and just lock yourself away and say, okay, uh, I'm not risking it. But that fear clouds 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 our judgment, it clouds our logical thinking, and it makes us believe that my choice is to stay closed off and to and everything will be fine, or to open up and lose everything. And really what it is, if you stay bottled up with your addiction, that fear has tricked you into experiencing a thousand unhappy endings in a thousand different ways. And if you will if face that fear and you will be truthful with yourself and the people around you, then it opens up the possibility to the happy ending that you need and that the people that you love need. And that will look different for different people, but it will happen. I love that. Let let that fear teach
0: you. Don't let it consume you. That's that's awesome.
1: Thank you for sharing that.
0: For those of you out there listening, re- remember your these emotions that you're going through are there to teach you something, and you you are a powerful warrior who has decided to make a change in their life, and because of that, you are not lost. You are not too far gone. You are not wandering in the wrong direction. You have found the right path. Don't, don't be afraid of those negative emotions. Don't be afraid of the hard times. They, they are going to mold you, shape you and build you into something that is stronger and better than has ever existed before. It's like you've started going to a spiritual gym and you're about to get jacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. And um, and I don't know what else you want to cover, but I feel like we might have reached our high point. And and all I would say is Amen to that. Let that let let those emotions fuel you into an intentional way of living. And there's lots of tools and uh, resources out there that we're going to get into in our future podcast. So keep Absolutely. listening. That are that are going to help you key into. All right. How do now that I've named my fear and I've understood it, now how do I? get into the spot where I can be intentional about not letting it control me. Instead, how do you let it recover you? Yep, absolutely. So stay tuned and keep recovering you.